basically she basically handed over to my mother. My mother was the matron on the ward and basically she adopted me straight away, obviously. more than I've been on it. No way. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. But this is your third time, man, and yes. I'm looking forward to the yeah, fourth yeah. already. Yeah, yeah. The There's lots of things to talk about. I'm, I'm, for I'm, sure. I'm actually training to be like a, a, a career coach and personal coach now with an IAF, which is a really big deal. It's like 10,000 bucks, and, and then I can become like a real a real coach as well. Now, what are you talking about? Are you serious? What yeah, you yeah. yeah so my, my job, I'll keep my job, but I, I'm going to become like... A, Kind of like a, a lifestyle coach, a personal coach, career coach. It, it's a it's a very very deep and incredibly difficult um, uh, accreditation where you have to have two or three hundred hours and stuff. And but you're doing this online. I'm doing this uh, online uh, directly, and then I have to do other things. So yeah, I'm, I'm in I'm in a quarter way through now, okay. um, because a lot of my job is I, I talk to people, and and a lot of the, the the recruiting side is a lot of the actual stuff behind it. Mm -hmm. Why they want to move, why they don't want to move, the fear, the the, the, you know, the risk we talked about before. That's right, that's right. Yeah, so I thought it'd be a really good addition to my company. Well, I've been thinking about doing the same thing, yeah. to be honest. It's but not really going, but interesting. But not going online to get it. I've been thinking about uh, experience alone. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. But the, 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 the whole reason why I'm going to do it is, I, I said to him, I said, look, I do a lot of this already. Mm -hmm. I said, but, but to have the accreditation of a very well-known you know, global company and then to have a kind of a very structured platform I see what you're that I can build off. He says, so right now, I have all these wonderful things and I do many things, but it's not formulated. It's, it, it's kind of like chaos. Right. You know, so yeah. I said, to have that structure you know, where you go through the steps and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I started it uh, two, a month ago. What's the, what's the name of the organization? Uh, I'll send you a link. Okay, it, Basically, I think called IAF, is, it's, it, there's IAF. three accreditation, but it's a re this is the, the one in the world. The one in the world. And when you have it, then, then it's a very powerful thing to have. To do. Yeah, so yeah. it means you can get online and people say, well, I mean, if anyone means, questions you, you can say, well, yeah, many times, That's for example, you have companies that have very high level, you know, executives, for example, and, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a service they add, they add to them, you know, yeah. Okay, you've got to here, so how do you get to the next step, you know, yeah. Oh, and you really dig deep. There's neuroscience in it, there's psychology oh, in really? it. Oh, yeah, it's really fun. Really fun. I have to do that, but it's yeah, pretty yeah. expensive to go through. Oh, no, I mean, it, so it, it can range anything from $15,000 down to $1,000. I mean, my one was uh, $5,000. It's oh. with a, a British company, a really, really smart lady. Yeah. Um, and I... I, I did lots of interviews with lots of different companies trying to figure out which one fitted me the best. Do you do any online training? I mean, oh yeah, when, for I mean, sure. You talk to someone. Oh yeah, so I mean, so once a week you have like a four-hour block of uh, of actual real life thing, and then of course there's self-study. There's there's all kinds of different methods, and it's really nice. The one I've chosen fitted me best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's we'll, good. I'll look into that because yeah. I may just do that because people love seeing that piece it's of paper. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's, but it's also amazing. so. Also, anything you can do, I mean, to give back, right? I mean, all, your, right, all yeah. your life you've been giving back, right? I believe so. So it's okay to have a bit of, you know, and then, but to give back to a different person now. Right. It tends to be an older person, tends to be a successful person, that maybe somebody's come to a point where they can't go any further, and they're not sure why. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think it's awesome, yeah, right. to be able to give it to different people. Well, what happened, the reason why I asked you to come back again, which yes. you agreed to every time I asked, of course. is because of the trip we took going to Chiba, yes. and when the weather was so beautiful. Yep. Um, one of our riding partners decided to go back because for some reason he got soaked. 
I, I think it was yeah, leaking. Water was leaking from I the radiator. I think so, something from his radiator or something. But he got soaked because he came. And then he electrocuted himself on the way back. <laughs> he had, it was raining cats and dogs. It was something else. And we continued to keep on going. Sure, sure, sure. And then, and then and we I rose. gave you the option to, to escape. You kept my ass. Yeah, so you, you, can go, you, can go, you can go. You can go. You can go. I forgot to bring my rain suit, too, but I was wearing leathers. Your leathers, you know, so yeah, that yeah. wasn't bad. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. cold. Yeah, yeah. He was wet and Oh, he was miserable. That was bad. He told you a story about being electrocuted on the way back, right? Did he, are you serious? Yeah, his bike started shorting out. So he, he was getting shocked? Yeah, he was getting shocked all the way back. Peter, you didn't tell me a thing about that. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, he was being I electrocuted. Didn't know that. He had to stop his bike and he had to dry everything off, take all the electrics off and dry it with a towel. Yeah, he was being electrocuted on the way back. <laughs> Serves him right. So he wasn't a happy triumph. camper. Did you guys, you guys went to the coffee shop and that's when he started Verb, yeah, yeah, remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he, he said, like, come on over. But I, I just popped, I, I was cycling that day, so I just popped over after that. Okay. I was going to drive over there for a second. Yeah. I said, no, but it was not, fun, it was that's fun. That's not in the... There's some know, interesting guys. The guy who was there, the one that you went to motorbike riding with. Yeah, the, uh, that's Chris. Yeah, the new guy. Yeah. And his bike has got, like, so many bags on it. It's absolutely but you, hilarious. But what, about, but what about him? You see how he's dressed? Oh, he's whole... Storm, mate, all the time. his whole gear. He says, I'm dressed for the slide, not for the ride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <My> <laughs> says it's exactly the wrong way of thinking. How That's what I told him. How I said, you, you drive the ride, ride and not for the slide, mate. We're not, we're not riding yeah, with it was us. fun. It was fun. He's a nice he's guy. A good, he's a really good guy. Yeah, very he's nice fantastic. guy. And there's another gentleman there with a Harley. Uh -huh. uh, he works in the medical industry. Well, I didn't mean yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a cool guy as well, but he's going to China. I'm not sure why he to wants work? to do that. Yeah. Well, he'll find he... out once he gets there. Yeah, it's going to be a shock for him. Head. It's still madness over there. Well, we had that ride, and during that ride, we stopped, and you started telling me the most interesting story. Yes. Because I think even in our first podcast, you mm. mentioned that you were adopted, mm. and you knew you were adopted. Yep. But some things unfolded when you went back mm. to Wales to take your daughter to school. Yep. And does it fill it in. What happened? Well, I mean, it's kind of like, so, you know, you, it's kind of difficult, right? So, 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 so I've been adopted, but there's no stigma attached to it. My mum was always very, very open about it. So I had no, no real issues. But, but she would tell me a few things, and that's all she knew. So, you know, you know my mum was like 17 years old, very young. Um, and basically, one thing or another, became pregnant while she was in Singapore. Um, and uh, back then, in the 60s, it, it really wasn't such a proper thing right. for a 17-year-old unmarried girl to have a child. You know, so basically what they would very often do is they, so they basically sent her off to a beautiful kind of like plantation of a friend's house where she went through her pregnancy term and then basically went back to Singapore or gave birth in a hospital called Changi Hospital. Um, and my mum was the matron of the ward. Um, and so basically that was kind of how it happened and she basically handed me over. Was she uh, the only child in her family? Oh no, she's got three siblings, but they were much younger. Okay, you know, so yeah. after she was born, then they waited for a while. Yeah, so the basic thing is, is that her family was in the RAF, um, and that's why they were being posted around the world. And the daughter, my, my birth mother, uh, basically went out to Singapore to work when she was about 17 years old. Okay. Um, and uh, one thing led to another, and uh, she became pregnant, and um, that was really it. And then, that's kind of not a sad thing, but like, uh, she... So she, she, when she kind of had me, um, she basically was not forced, but encouraged to do so. To, you know, to yeah. yeah, to be, yeah. So in UK, there's a big thing going on right now where many, many of the younger unmarried mothers um, were quite forcibly, forcibly encouraged to give up their child, to, to, to the child to be given to a, a proper family. So many, many, uh, many of the younger women were actually had no choice 
when they gave birth, uh, they, they basically their child was taken away. Time, yeah, yeah, during that time, 60s and 70s. Okay, 60s, 70s. But that wasn't the case with us. I mean, so basically she basically handed over to my mother. My mother was the matron on the ward. And basically she adopted me straight away, obviously. And what about the father? So, so in adoption rights, the father is completely invisible, never has to be registered or mentioned. So you have no, I have no idea, no idea whatsoever. Did they know? Um, no, so father was not involved. And I'm not sure if the father, we, we think the father was aware. You know, but it's the, possible that he could But he, he, he didn't know. Yeah, he may not have known. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. Because it wasn't the way back then. And actually still now, the father's invisible in any kind of an adoption. So what happens is, legally, is that when you become adopted, you are, stru stru you are taken off the family register. So you are no longer part of that family legally. You know, yeah. And one of the reasons why they kind of do that is, is you know the potential for trouble right you know yeah so you know yeah I, I, I'm I'm your son or your daughter you know I deserve to have something you know yeah so I you're see. basically taken off so then my mum adopted me and then I became part of her her family register then and I was registered birth not in Singapore but in UK okay. yeah so it's, it's, it's quite straightforward you weren't registered in Singapore you, but where she had you yeah so Britain has a really interesting law about second generations being born outside of Britain and the inability to register them as a British national. So when, so I lived in Japan and my daughter was born in Japan and we were going to register her and I explained to the embassy that I was born in Singapore and they said there may be a problem because this will be the second child born outside of Britain. Um, so she doesn't have a natural right to a British passport. But we later found out that even though I was born in Singapore, my parents had taken me back to UK and registered my birth in UK. So, so as, yeah, so as far as the embassy is concerned, I was born in UK. So then my daughter was able then to be registered with, with a kind of like a British passport and citizenship. Oh, so that was kind of, that was something I wasn't aware of. Right. But it was kind of interesting, right. yeah. Okay, so go on. So you go back. You met, you met, wait, so what yeah, was so the process? Yes, yeah, so, so first of all, why were you, you became curious again or something so or what? I don't know if I should even mention this. Well, maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, basically the, the, there was a few things that kind of happened um, that made me start to think about uh, my birth mother. So I knew that she was 17. Okay. So as far as I was concerned, there was still time. And uh, I wasn't dissatisfied or, or unhappy with my mother. I thought she was amazing, you know, with, with my adopted mother. I thought she was amazing. She brought me up. She loved me, you know, so it wasn't really an issue for Is me. Is she still around? I'm oh, still around. She's 91. Oh, so funny. I didn't really want to find my mother because I thought she may feel a little bit disappointed I was doing so. But I realized that wasn't the case. Um, so a few things kind of occurred. And I've been thinking about searching for my mother for a while. Um, and then I decided, okay, now is maybe the time. So then I did some research, and there are various companies in the UK and I'm sure around the world that specialize in basically this kind of service. It's not cheap, but, but it's very, very good. So what happened was, was that uh, I basically approached them. They asked for some basic information about where I was born, how old I was, birth, birth records and stuff. And I, I gave that information to them. And then they basically started to do a search. You know, yeah. So what I found out was that my mother had actually died a year and a half before that. Um, and they found the family line through the death certificate. So they basically had found her. So her name was Lizzie and her family name was Steele. Um, and they found that on the, on the death record there was the mention of a brother. So that was kind of the, the avenue to find the family. So then they 
they kind of did some research, found uh, the actual, the, the brother of, of, of my birth mother, and basically approached him very gently. So it's a very, very formulated process that has many legal steps to it. And so basically they, they kind of explained to me that my mother passed away and they weren't exactly sure of what they, she'd passed away at that time um, and that basically they had found her brother. And what would I like to do? And I said, well, you know, I'm very interested about the side of the family. You know, yeah, I mean, what kind of a family are there? Are there any familial problems that might affect me or my daughter, you know, medically? So I, was, I kind of wanted to do that. So the, the next step was for me to write a letter to this gentleman explaining that uh, who I was, uh, basically gave a, a, an overview of what I've done in my life and basically why I was interested in reaching out. So I wrote a, a letter to him explaining can I was born in, you know, I was Did you have to include a picture of yourself? Uh, not, no, not at that stage. It was just, okay. just the initial thing because what they do is then they have the letter and I kind of explain who I was, my life here and stuff. And then they, they have to very, very passively approach the, the, the brother and say, look, there's a gentleman you know, reaching out. Uh, he was uh, your mother's, he was your sister's son, given birth you know, in Singapore. You know, are you okay? Would you allow us to, to, to continue the thing? So then he wrote back and said, yeah, of course. So the interesting thing was, was that they were quite young, much younger than she was. So they knew about me, but it wasn't something that was ever really discussed. You know, yeah, because she was 17, he was 14, and the other sister was like 11. So, uh, and, and back then, it was kind of hushed up. You know, yeah, so, um, so for example, like, you know, the birth had been done, it was very kind of invisible, she gave birth, she came back into social life, as if nothing had happened, basically. But there was still a stigma attached to that, so she was basically sent back to UK. You know, yeah, you shouldn't like, stay here and stuff. Well, it was no problem. There was, there was no malice or anything. It was, just, it was just the way it was done. So then he wrote back and said, you know, I, I know of you. You know, yeah, you, you know, your, your mum would often talk about this, but we didn't really know anything. We didn't have any kind of picture or any idea of who you were. And I said, okay, okay, okay. So then, so then the next step was, was that, uh, yeah, I'd like to talk to Neil. So then I wrote a, a more personal letter to the gentleman. And then he was a really, really nice guy, very gentle guy. Um, and then he then um, contacted the mother, my grandmother, who's 99, um, the sister uh, who lives in Europe, and, uh, and him. So they each wrote me an individual letter, yeah, which I thought was really cute. So the, the grandmother wrote a letter about me, and, and she was the one that handed me over, and that was really cute. And then the other, then the, the younger sister wrote a letter about my birth mother as if she was 17 again. You know, what she was like and, you know, and uh, the kind of character and, and these kinds of things. And then, then the brother then wrote me a little bit more of a formal letter explaining kind of like the, the, the bloodlines and, 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 you know, these kinds of things. So apparently I'm Scottish, um, you know, yeah, and, and we kind of go from there. So it was really, really cute. So then that happened. And then, you know, we were, we were basically, then they sent me over some photos of my mother and stuff, which was really awesome. Um, and then we, then through the, um, the private investigation company, they have to do some psychological checks. Then. And let me ask you this. Yeah. When they sent you the pictures yeah. of your mother, yeah, yeah. what was your reaction? I mean, it was really cool. So I saw her when she was 17. Okay. And I saw her when she was older and then older again. Okay. I mean, sure, there, there were some similarities there, and absolutely. Did you feel I mean, yeah, it was kind of cool. 
you know, yeah, I was thinking like, wow, this is really awesome. You didn't, you didn't get emotional, like, uh, no, I mean, like, or nothing or like so, so the reason for me looking for my mother was not because there was something missing. The reason for me contacting my mother was because it was, it was interesting for me. Okay. You know, had she got married? You know, did I have any, any half-brothers and these kind of things? Do you? Uh, no. Did she? No. So she, she never got married. You she know, never yeah. had any other Never kids. had any other kids. She had relationships and stuff, but she, for whatever reason, she never got married. Okay. So that was kind of interesting. So then what happened was then, the next step then was, okay, we need to have a psychological evaluation. You know, of, I'm thinking, you. of me, I'm thinking like, oh, this could be fun. Um, so then they called me up and a psychologist, uh, which is a license with the British government, you know, went through like, why do you want to meet your mother? Do you have any bad thoughts? You know, all these kind of things. And it was a really, really nice meeting. So nice that she's actually going to come to Japan and visit me, the psychologist, because she always wanted to come to Japan. So it, that That's was all fine. And then the next step then would be to set up a meeting, a face-to-face -face meeting. So it was like, so... My daughter just started in Warwick University, so we had gone to Britain uh, to visit my, my, my older mother, and because of COVID, I, of course, haven't been there for many, many years. Um, so it was very nice to do that and spend some time with my daughter. But on top of that, we had agreed to meet um, during my stay there. When I was in London, they lived close to London. So it was all kind of helped and set up and done by the investigation company where there's, there's very kind of formal methods. So then we, we arranged to meet in this kind of like a country hotel with a, a very formal kind of room, you know, yeah. And, and it was really, really cute. So you walked in there and they gave like flowers to my daughter and my wife. And they had like many, many photos of, of my mother and the family. They set yeah, yeah, set it all up. Yes, yeah, so it was really, really cool. Wait, wait, wait. Was there a cost attached no, to No, nothing this? at all, nothing at all. No, it cost nothing. Why were they doing this? Wait, I mean, they, no, your side yeah, nor yeah. their side had to pay anything to do Oh, no, this. nothing at all. Well, I mean, they, they did. They had to rent the room and all that kind of stuff, okay. you know, yeah. So, but, but I, I'm the one that bore the cost. Sorry, I'm the yeah, one that yeah. bore the cost. So, so I went there and I thought, well, it's kind of quite formal. So I went in there and, and the brother and her wife and the grandmother was there. And the grandmother was awesome. This 99-year-old lady, hard lady. Um, and uh, so my daughter was there, my wife was there, and then we kind of started talking about various things. They gave me lots of pictures, kind of explained the life in, like in Singapore, there were three RAF bases, and they kind of explained why my, 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 my birth mother was over there, um, and uh, what her life was like. And uh, so they said lots and lots of pictures of her basically growing up. Um, and uh, they talked about what she was like, her character and uh, her job, and she was like a designer, she lived in London and these kind of things, that was really cool. And, uh, and they said, well, you know, do you have any kind of questions? And I, I, I talked about, like, are there any health issues in the country? And, and, you know, and I, asked, I asked, like, why? Why she hadn't got married? You know, yeah, because I, I was really intrigued by this. It's like, well, because I was uh, not disappointed, but a little bit sad. I wanted her to get married, right? So then, oh no, she got, there was no real reason. She was just quite a strong lady and she had some, you know, of course, boyfriend and stuff, but it never amounted to anything. She had lots and lots of friends and, and for whatever reason, she never got married. I said, okay, that's good, that's good. So that's no problem. So then the cutest thing was that my 18-year-old daughter and the 99-year-old grandmother, were, they got on like a house on fire. They were laughing and giggling and whispering and talking and stuff like that. So that was really cute. You know, yeah. So then, so that was really nice, uh, but it was very, very formal. And I kind of, I, I, I said to him, I said, like, it's very formal. It's very clinical. The meeting, mm -hmm. and he said that, uh, yeah, the agency recommended because. that we meet in a very neutral location, 
that only certain people of the family, just in case I was a madman, right. you know, with an axe hidden in my pants. Did they have somebody there? Oh, no, 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 not at all, not at all. So, so it was only you Only, and yeah. Family. So basically it was three and three. Okay. So it was the brother, his wife, and the grandmother, grandmother, and myself, my daughter, and my wife. You know, yeah, so sat down, cups of coffee, lots of talking, you know, biscuits and stuff. It was just how, long really, did, how long did it last? About, about three or four hours. You know, yeah, it wasn't supposed to, but they kept on going. So it was really kind of cute. So, so the grandmother, my birth mother's mother, of course, was very close to her daughter. Um, and she had died of brain cancer, so it was quite tough towards the end. That's your, that's yeah. your mother. Yeah my, my, yeah, my birth mother, yeah. And, uh, and it was really quite interesting. And so, they could, so, so she said to me, it was really, really interesting. So she held my hand so tightly. I was just like, hi, how you doing? She said, yeah, I was the person that handed you over. Mm. You know, yeah. So she said, oh, wow. She said, it was very interesting. It was very surreal. And I said, okay. And I said... Um, she said, yeah, so it was just something that we had to do, and it doesn't matter if I regret it or not. That was a decision. I said, absolutely. I said, the decision you make at that time is always the right decision. So I said, like, I'm very interested about my father. I mean, do you have anything? And he, she said, like, well, we knew of him, you know, yeah, because he was uh, apparently a pilot in the RAF. Um, you know, yeah, we knew of him. And uh, he had come to the house one time. You know, I think he had found out or something. But the mother had been very, very angry with him for basically making my, my, my birth mother pregnant. So she basically shooed him away. You have to leave. You can't come in. And that was the last time we saw of him. So he doesn't know anything about me. And to be honest with you, it's, it's, it's completely fine. It doesn't really matter. So then we had a big meeting and we, we met the, the grandmother. She told us loads and loads of things about her life as well. Um, and my mother was born in a very unique time in Britain where it was the coldest winter ever, where every single thing froze, every river froze, every lake froze. It was a really tough time. And she was living with her, her mother because her husband was away on, on, you know, basically on service. And she was saying that, you know, she gave birth in the house because they couldn't come. Nobody could come. So basically by herself. You know, the roads were all frozen and stuff like that. So it was kind of interesting. So they told us about the history about me basically uh, coming from Scotland and from Nottingham and, and the kind of the line and stuff like that. So then I looked at my mother and I, I could see some similarities there, but it wasn't like really clear. She said, like, characterize you exactly the same as her. I said, okay, that's awesome. But she said, but there's one interesting thing. So she showed me the, the nephew of the brother and he looked about 95% of me. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So physically, looking at you. Almost. Yeah, he said physically uh, was similar, but wasn't as tall, wasn't as big, um, but basically looked identical. So she said, "This is really interesting." So Eye then, color, everything. Everything, everything. So then, <laughs> so then, so so we went through that, and we went outside. We took pictures, and, and and the older lady was just so lovely, and and the brother was so lovely, and the wife was so lovely. They were all lovely people. So then, like, um, the six of you taking pictures together. Yeah, yeah, just outside, you know, in the sunshine. It was a lovely day. So then, um, so, then what so then what happened next was that, like, she, they said, like, you know, it's just so lovely to meet you. And she said, and uh, it said, but I don't want it to be just today. So she, she said, like, so here's all our email address and telephone numbers. So if I am and my daughter needs any help, please tell her to contact us anytime. And she said, the next time you come over, I want to bring the family, all the family, because we were instructed not to do that this time. So she said, I'll bring sisters and the nephews and he said you know to come and meet with you 
and in a more kind of like social setting. I said, yeah, sounds really, really good. So we've been basically in contact and I update them on IAMI's university life and, and that kind of stuff. And yeah, so it, it's, it's really, really nice. It's very, very So nice. that just happened last, no, uh, this year? Yeah, in uh, August. In, in August. August. In August, yeah. How long were you there? You were there for like... Two months there. Two uh, months but there. Yeah, but I, had, I was staying at my friend's house in London for like uh, 10 days and we had arranged it to, 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 to kind of like to match up with that. You know, yeah. So it was really fun. It was really fun. Oh, so, yeah. So it was an interest, really interesting. Um, yeah, very interesting. It, it, it was a very nice thing. It was very natural. It didn't feel strained or anything. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. But but again, I think a lot of it comes down to the mindset of the person. So there are some people that I think are angry, or some people that maybe are not happy about being adopted. There's some bitterness or the feeling of of something missed or lost. But it also could be fact that the person who they went with didn't match up to their expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your mother ended up being a fantastic Oh, she was amazing. Person. So you, like you said, yeah, yeah. you had no regrets. Oh, no, no. You lost anything. You felt very comfortable right, straight right. away. So, I, so think I think so. But but so I have a brother also uh, who was also adopted. He was adopted. Yeah, yeah. Because you're younger or older? Uh, older. Four years, mean, older. four years older. Yeah, yeah. But my mother couldn't have kids for whatever reason. Um, and so she did, did, went the adoption route. And my brother's adoption was very, very different where he was adopted... Uh, he was a, there were five kids and his his his, oh, his was economic yeah his his parents couldn't afford to have him so basically adopted him and uh, and my brother yeah he wasn't so happy about it like you know it's just because the reason why was he was adopted but found out that there was actually a boy younger than him so why had he been adopted yet they had another child and I said to him because because you're an idiot that's why. <laughs> You know, yeah. Sorry, me and my brother don't get on. Are we on keeping this in? Are we keeping yeah, yeah. In? Please do. Okay, keep it yeah, in. me and my brother don't get on. Okay, you know, I say so obviously I'm a very nice guy. You're not, <laughs> duh. You know, yes, yeah, so it's all good. So, so for so for him, he, so he tried to find people, find his kid, his family earlier, but the army, you know, the military has a very unique. But he's also I. Yeah, yeah. So his his for his parents were not RAF army were just a, um, What's the a, a, oh yeah because once they're yeah they're well, yeah yeah so he was basically his parents were just a, a just a normal soldier they couldn't really afford it and scottish yeah he was scottish right you're, you're tearing him apart no uh, yeah we don't get on it's okay, okay. okay but you know you can choose your friends with your family so um so then so then he so the because of the, the military the army they have a very unique system of birth registry which are closed to many other areas and they changed the law in the 60s where things, certain records were no longer available and stuff like that. So that's why it was quite difficult, you know, to find these kind of places. But uh, for him, I think there was a little bit of disappointment on his side. But for me, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. For me, it was just like, um, it was kind of a big deal for me. Because, you know, um, I, I think in everybody's life, they have, they have those important moments. You leave home. You go to university, you travel, you get your first job, you, you have your first child, buy your first house. I mean, these are all first things, right? So my daughter going to university was a big one for me. So to be able to also do the mother thing at the same time seemed to be the right time. Yeah, time yeah. Yeah. So Before we end, yeah. Yeah. do you want to say a few things to your daughter? Into the camera uh, no, not really. I, I'm one of those fathers that texts my daughter every single day. Morning, Ayame. How you doing? How was your day? Have a great day. Every single day. Oh, what's up? I, I say to my wife, my daughter, I'm so sorry. 
I, I need to contact you every day. Uh, it's okay, Dad. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so uh, much. My pleasure, it's my pleasure. Always. It's good. All of you watching this podcast, make sure you press like and subscribe. And remember, it's all on loan, so reach for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed. Thank you.